Hey everybody out there, welcome back to the old podcast world, podcast studio here, doing another little Foul Life podcast, but this one is going to go under what we call peace of mind, and when I think of peace of mind, I think of protection in my in my view of what gives you peace of mind. And in today's world, <laughs> especially, um, but I've always carried a gun and never wanting to go into a situation where I want to use it, but knowing that it gives me peace of mind that if something have, goes down where I have to protect myself, family, friends, whatever the situation we call, it gives me peace of mind that I have something that's going to help me. And that's what I think of peace of mind when I think of a six hour. Um, and so that's what we've come up with today. We want to talk about certain situations that might come up and how you train for those situations and um, different scenarios that you might encounter or what you have to go to through training, um, not only through practice of just shooting it, but I mean, basically mental education and finger control and breathing control and everything that goes in um, to owning a firearm, especially if you're going to carry a firearm. And uh, we choose SIG. I, I've, I've carried a SIG for a long, long time. And today, I, I love the guy who I'm talking to. I've known him basically my whole life. He's my best friend. And uh, he's a peace officer here in Reno, Nevada. And uh, he protects our community. And my buddy Jared Woodward is here to talk on some of those things about what he encounters in everyday life, um, just as a civilian and as a peace officer. So welcome in, Jared. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, you hit on some uh, <laughs> really big key topics for people. Uh, so it's we go over this even with our new recruits, even with guys that have been there for a while. Like you, you were saying, peace of mind. What works? Um, having that with you. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of officers that don't carry off duty. Um, it's not a mandatory thing for our agency, but there are agencies out there that it's kind of like a mandated setup for them that they have to carry. Um, and so we go over those things that hey, it's peace of mind that if you had to have had to take those actions, yeah. you, you have that. Where, what do you do if you don't have it? Yeah. I mean, you're a good witness, I guess. Well, that doesn't really save lives. Yep. Um, and just the, like the responsibility of that, um, the responsibility for a civilian to take the steps necessary to protect themselves and their family. Yeah, it's peace of mind. Absolutely. Um I'm on both sides of those peace of minds, like what you're saying, peace of mind that I have it versus I also carry SIG. I've carried SIG for, heck, let's see, 23, 24 years. Nice. Um, I've had other guns. Um, do they work? Yeah. Do they function the same way that my SIGs have always functioned? I, me being who I am, I've run torture tests on my SIGs. I'm not going to clean this gun. Yeah. I'm going to run it with like the nastiest, dirtiest, cheapest, crappiest ammo you yeah. can find. I just want to know. 
because I want to know that I'm going to be okay, that that piece of equipment of mine is going to function. Um, and that's what, one of the reasons I've always chose sick. Uh, a lot and of people. That, well, that, I was just going to say that that's another version of peace of mind, right? Yeah. Peace of mind of carrying it on your on your side to know that you have that, but also that when you need to use it, it's going to work. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. That, that's my biggest peace of mind. Yeah. For for me with Sid, because peace of mind, you could give me another gun. Yeah, I have peace of mind that I have a gun on me yeah. that I, I could use to protect. But myself. is it going to jam on the third shot? Yeah, second is it gonna, shot. Is it going to malfunction yeah. in that aspect? Um, how's the accuracy? Um, all those things for me go into the peace of mind. Um, obviously, I train a lot. I shoot a lot. So some of that stuff comes second nature, that portion of it. But the peace of mind that you are capable, able to do those things. I take a lot of people out there like, oh, I shot. I go, okay, do this. And that, I'm like, that's good that's a, that's a good foundation yeah. but not where we want to be yeah. is that where you'd want to be to protect your wife or child well no okay and it, it's hard it's hard to get the time and in some factions the the financing right now with the cost of ammunition to go out and train yeah, there are sure. things that we can do that cost us absolutely nothing give me some to help that um, I know, I mean, what I do a lot just before, I mean, you probably do a lot more than I do because your background, what I do a lot is I have, um, I don't even know the name, fake bullets, uh, you know, mm-hmm. dummy, dead, rounds. Dead, dummy rounds, right? Yep, dead yep. rounds, orange tipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I'll practice loading. I'll practice in the house. I'll practice, you know, finger pulls with that in. I'll practice, um, you know, dropping mags and with that in and doing a whole bunch of stuff with dummy rounds or like you're saying, that doesn't cost anything. Yeah, we call that our dry fire okay. drills because um, it's dry. We're not actively live firing anything. So our reloads, our weapons manipulation. So dropping the slide, doing a tactical reload versus a combat reload um, for us, uh, our trigger presses. You said finger pulls. We call them trigger. Uh, I call them. Uh, trigger presses because we're we're really pressing that trigger to the rear um sight alignment sight picture concealment people all right well it's a different draw i've usually got to get a garment out of my way to get my weapon or certain females i've got to get it out of my purse Mm. so i go back to practice like you've heard coaches we've all played ball together and that Practice how you play to a point. Like, if that's how you're going to practice, that's what's going to come out in the field when you're playing, right? So practice in those real-life situations. Um, Stress. How do you induce stress on a static range, pretty much? Um, We run people. We make them do exercise because i got to get their heart rate up. you got to get that adrenaline up. I will scream at people. (laughs) Do you play music and la- like scenarios and sc- people screaming and music, yeah. or is it more just you? Not so much on the range. I will try to stress them out in getting them amped up and screaming at them. You gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. They're shooting at you, whatever, to get their heart rate up, to get that adrenaline up, because your body does different things during those stressful times in those situations. Um, are you gonna be as smooth? Well, probably not right off the get-go of those, but if you put yourself into that training mode 
more and more and more, you should get better and better and better. Um, but it's a perishable skill. So I work with you for 40 hours, yeah. 100 hours, and then you don't do it for four years. You're done. <laughs> we're almost back to zero. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're going to have that knowledge base. Um, but we work the fundamentals all the time. Stance. Um, in fact, this week, that's what I've been. I've been the last two weeks working with our academy and some of the junior cadets, which are people that are looking to get into the law enforcement on the fundamentals of shooting. The fundamentals don't change matter, no matter whether you're stressed out or not, or combat shooting versus target shooting or precision shooting. Um, your, your fundamentals are still the same. So we do like the stance, your sight alignment, sight picture, um, trigger control, breathing, follow through. Those are like the main the five main portions of let's, let's go through fundamentals. That. Let's go through that as far as, you know, maybe trying to teach somebody or coach them um, how to become a better shot. Does it, is it like a house where you have to have a good foundation? Does that where it starts? Is, yes, I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent. I mean, stance and grip and all these things are, are, are your foundations for how you're holding that gun and how to accept recoil. But there are things that it's weird. Like we just taught um, out of position shooting um, where let's say I'm in a fight and I get knocked on the ground. Well, I'm on my back. Is that the best stance? <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. No. But do I still have a stable platform to shoot from? Will my gun still for, uh, function from me laying on the ground? Or do I have to be standing up? You'd be surprised at how many people are like, well, you can't shoot from there. I'm like, why not? The gun will go off. Yeah. You, you still got to employ the, the, the better, the proper grip, trigger control, sight picture, sight alignment. If your sights are on this target and the trigger's pulled at the same speed and the same uh, position when the shot goes off, your sights are in that same position, guess where that bullet's going to go? Yeah. It's going to go down that range and hit exactly where the sights were aligned to when it the, the trigger was pressed. So we get a lot of people that come out that have experience, and we get there, and it's what I teach is a different type of shooting, really, in that it's more of the combat style shooting. The peace of mind that we've been talking about, the protecting yourself. That's more of a combat shooting instead of precision shooting. For you're sure. Not a, you're, you're, you're not a target automatically shooter. stuck in a, in a, not automatically, but you're pushed into a scenario that you're eating lunch and somebody might be coming in there. It's not like you're out at the range shitting, you know, sitting there with a, Perfect stance, okay, earmuffs mm -hmm. on, you know, no yeah. noise, all this stuff going. And you have all the time in the world all to the make time your time. World. Yeah, your shots on target. You're, yeah. you're trying to shoot the smallest group. Well, I've said to people all the time, I go, even combat-wise. So if I try to shoot this person to stop them, and I put around, let's say, upper right center chest on a guy, and I put another one in the exact same hole, I really haven't caused m much more damage to stop them. So target shooters would be like, yeah, I want to keep putting it in the same hole. I'm like, so you put 100 rounds through the same hole that just keeps going through that target. Yeah, there's that, no that, damage that anywhere person. else. There's no damage anywhere else. So it didn't work the first time, right? Didn't work the second time. So combat shooters, we're not as, I guess, picky in our shot placement to a point. We want center mass, but... 
I don't have to get right back on that button and press the trigger. Like Understood. I, I, I'm looking to spread that trauma everywhere to a point. That's yeah, in a situation where, yeah. as a peace officer, you you know you have to do that, or any in any situation if you have to pull a gun. But there's also. Um, you just don't shoot to stop, right? There's a plenty of plinkers out there and, and fun havers that, let's say, don't even hunt, mm-hmm. but they love the sport or mm-hmm. whatever Absolutely. you say of going out just to plink. So there's, but there's still those those fundament fundamentals of how to properly hold a gun, how to properly press the trigger. Mm-hmm. And how to properly breathe. Breathing is probably one of the biggest things in my mind because if you're if you can't control your breathing, I mean, when you're you can't you can't keep your arm still. You can't keep and regardless of if if your trigger or your trigger pull is perfect and your and your grip is perfect, if you can't control your breathing in your chest, that's moving your arms and everything. You're never going to be in my mind. You're never going to be able to get on where you want it. Well, and I, and I and I would say yes and no. Okay. So long range shooting, like we've done a lot of stuff with yep. us for hunting side of it, yep. right? Um, the further you are out, yeah, absolutely, breath control really, really pays attention. When we were shooting out to 1, 1,200 yards, yeah. it, you move an eighth, eighth of an inch. <laughs> yeah, it's big time. At, big time out yards. that distance, right? Combat shooting and that we don't really hold our breath. Think about that. Like, hey, if... What are you going to hold your breath when that guy's coming into the the the, the shop to <laughs> you pass out? <laughs> you're going to pass out, but it, it even before you pass out, you start to have tremors. If you try to hold your breath for so long, your body needs oxygen. Yeah, your muscles need oxygen, which is everything that controls that gun is a muscle, right? Your eyes, your eyes will shake if you're not getting enough oxygen. So for me, combat wise. I don't hold my breath. Yes, br- breathing is important. I wouldn't say I breathe normally to a point, but pretty close for combat shooting. I'm more focused on my sights. Yes, my sights may move up and down a quarter of an inch. All right. But in uh, this scenario, in these com- scenarios, it's not that not that crazy crucial. Yeah. I'm still looking at my sight, and when and I've taken the slack out of that trigger, and I've got a good all the way back to the wall and I'm starting to press, 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 and I really don't finish that press until I, my sights are precisely where I want them. Um, yeah. At, at 10 feet, 10 yards, 25 feet, whatever 25 it is, yards. it's still, it might be off an inch or two or whatever at that distance, but you're still going to. Still going to hit my hit target. target. So, calm. so, and I guess that's where I bring up that there's two different types of shooting in that aspect. You brought up plinkers mm-hmm. or um, target shooters. They're going to take more of the, the slow fire approach, and they're going to hold their breath to a point. Like after every shot, they may go back through, and then they're on target, and then they stop shooting they, in between breaths, in between and, breaths, and, and, um, and that, and then they're not letting all the air out, and they're not taking a huge breath. In. I understand where you're coming from because their their version of let's say winning or scoring or or winning the competition is going through that same mm-hmm. hole. Yep. Or you know that target is as close as they can. Yeah. Whereas a peace officer or in a you know life or death type life situation. Death situation, yeah, you're 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 trying to hit your target wherever mm-hmm. to try to stop them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, it, and we shoot like mainly. I mean, all people that I, I'm a firm believer um, in teaching it this way that we shoot to stop. We don't shoot to kill. 
we're not killers. Yeah. If that person dies because of that, all right, that you, wasn't our intention. I just wanted to stop. Stop you. the threat. Like if if I shoot you in what we call the pelvic girdle area or like the your uh, um, hip bones area, and you fall over and don't come after me anymore. Well, that was a win, a hundred percent win for me. You're not attacking me anymore. You're not attacking my family. You're not hurting anybody. Um, if you've got a gun and you're still shooting, well, guess what? I'm going to have to continue to put rounds on yeah. that target until that person stops shooting. Yeah. So that's where people get real. I think really confused. Shoot to kill. Mm, no. I, I. If that's the case, when he's on the ground moving around, are you going to keep shooting at him because he's not dead yet? That's murder. Yeah. Straight up murder. Um, there's no way around that. If he's not a threat or she's not a threat to you anymore, you can't just keep going shooting at him. Yeah. So that's where we go shoot to stop. Um, and we aim center mass. So you're getting a lot of stuff out there right now with the public and that, oh, shoot. Shoot him in the leg. Shoot him in the, the hand. And I'm like, uh, that's not going to stop come, the threat. Well, come out to my range <laughs> and I'll get you stressed out and go shoot him in the hand. Well, you haven't hit him in the hand yet, and we've gone through four magazines. Yeah. It's not as easy as you think. That's why we try to find the biggest target area to shoot at, because there's a higher likelihood in a stressful situation we're going to hit that area. Yeah. So breathing's crucial. It is crucial because you have to get oxygen to your body. Do I think you should be panting like a dog? No. <laughs> But I don't think you should be holding your breath. So I'm almost more along the lines of a natural breath. When I'm shooting on the line, when I'm practicing, it's, I wouldn't say a shallow breath, but it's not full, deep breaths. It's in between a shallow and a normal breath for me is how yeah. I do it. Each person's kind of different because that's what works for them. Now, if you brought me back and we're like, hey, we're going to shoot this crazy marksman drill at the 25 to 50 yard line. I'm going to tell you the further I get away, the more time I'm going to take and the more conscious oh, yeah. I'm going to be on my sure. breaths um, because I need, to, I need to have that pause where I'm on target. Um, but it's not, not like that in an adrenaline, you're screaming at me, and, or I've got, to, I've got to get rounds because you're shooting at me. We run what we call FX stuff where it's, it's paintball basically. I'll tell you right now, I watch them because I help instruct them. And people's masks will get all fogged up because they're breathing so yeah, hard. Yeah. They are so freaked out that <laughs> they breathe too much. They're breathing through their mouth. It's natural. Um, but you can fight through that stuff. You can focus your brain to fight through those things. And I, I would think, yeah, and this all comes back where we're talking about this peace of mind deal is that all of that. If you're going to take it upon yourself to have the responsibility to carry, to basically tell yourself that if something arises, I'm going to use this gun. Why carry if you're not going to use it? If you're going to use it, you should take every responsibility that that encounters. Education, breathing, trigger. If there's so many things that you have to go, and like you're saying, don't take four years off. Oh, I passed my CCW class and I think I'm good to go because I hit the target at three, you know, whatever it is, three yards to pass your test and then never shoot again. This yeah. weekend I was out coyote hunting and I had my P365 and I I forgot my little uh, 22 for my dispatch gun and I, I had my nine for coyote hunting. 
we only killed one. We didn't need the, we killed it then, you know, straight off. It didn't need a dispatch when we got up to it. And I, so I had that on me and in the four or six seater and everything, it got mm -hmm. dirty as hell. I mean, mm -hmm. caked with dirt. Mm -hmm. And Clint was like, let's shoot. And I'm like, cause you know, it was boring. It was hot, whatever. So I was like, okay. So took out flawlessly, mm -hmm. flawlessly. And I honestly think that's, <laughs> and, and, and I have recruits that come up to me and they're like, Hey, what, I'm looking to buy an off duty gun. Yeah. It's the number one gun I put to people. I'm like, right now, the 365 is the gun that I would, it's what I carry. I have the regular version. I have the XL version. Yeah. Um, just because I, I, I want to see how different things are. When I bought the XL, that was the only one that would accept the red dot. And I'm doing a lot of training with the red dot for the department, um, trying to see if we can get that implemented across the board. Um, so I have one of each. I, I'm uh, probably a little more accurate with the 65 XL, the 365 XL than the regular 360, but it's only because it's got a little Long, longer barrel. barrel. Um, but at 25 yards, I'm still shooting high 90s to 100s all the time yeah. with that gun. It, it's a great, great trigger in it. Um, in fact, I had one of uh, an officer that was with me. He's he's carrying an old revolver. And he's like, oh, you know, I really love this thing. Da, da, da. We're going back and forth. And I'm, I'm kind of, he's like, the size is great. The weight's great. So I grabbed his air weight and I put the 365 side by side. In fact, on top of each other. He goes, oh my gosh, that's the same size. I go, yeah, instead of getting five or six rounds, yeah, I get 12. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow. I go, I, and our, all my career semi-autos have been great like dating back 30 40 50 60 years ago people went to the revolver just because they function so much better they're so much more reliable in that aspect nowadays yeah. it's it's really it's a moot point going well this one functions every time well okay our technology has gotten to the point where they all function and they function very very well um, we issue the 320 to our new recruits. I think the 320 revolutionized law enforcement, military, because it's it's the not one size, of it. yeah, not one size fits all type setup. It used to be, oh, that gun doesn't fit me, but I really like it. Well, that gun doesn't fit me. That's the cool thing about the 320. You can go in, actually, you can go on their website. I think, I'm, yeah, I'm almost 100 percent positive that you can go on the website, get the go into the 320 section, yep. and pick out. Triggers, yep. Uh, uh, guards, slides, yep. barrels, springs. They started with everything. the fire control group, is what it is. That's yeah, the, the FCU, gun. Yeah, that's the gun. That's the serialized portion of that gun. Where the trigger the, and all that stuff. Yep, the trigger. Yeah. So they call it the fire. Like I said, the fire control FCU. group. FCU. FCG. I, yeah. I thought fire, it was FCU. I think it's fire. Well, it might be unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's that's the gun. It's serialized in that. You pull that out. I can put it in a small grip modular. I can uh, put it in a medium, which is what comes with it, a large. Um, they have different slides that have less weight. Yeah. Um, they have different triggers, like you said. Um, like I sighted in somebody's uh, X5 with a red dot this week. I love that gun. It's not the gun that I carry, um, but I if, if I didn't carry my Legion line, that's what I would carry. That X5 for duty work is probably 
probably top notch for me. Um, I, I just think the ergonomics of the grip, um, the trigger, that short, short, nice, crisp reset, um, which allows me to have quicker follow-up shots that are more accurate. Mm-hmm. I don't have to let that trigger out so far to hit that. Um, and I think that's where, I really think that's where Sig hit the the, the home run with it. Everybody's like, man, I can I can get this set up for my wife yeah, because I can put the small grip on it. I mean, primarily women don't have as big a hands as, as men do. So it's it's nice to have that. Do you always go with the 9? Because I know the 320 you can get in the 9, the, the 357, the uh, 45 ACP, the 40. I stay 9 millimeter um, for a couple of reasons. I, I think the recoil on the 9 millimeter is probably the easiest to manage. And, and I'm looking to be able to put multiple rounds on target if I need to. Um, and I think the FBI did a pretty good study on it a couple of years ago. Um, and if I remember correctly, there was only one millimeter difference in wound channels from a nine millimeter to a 45. But you get like in the same capacity, you get a 12 versus a seven. Yeah. Seven. So, and, so, and the not, and what we were talking about earlier with technology between guns, technology of ammo, Back in the day, nine ammo, nine millimeter might not have done much. It wasn't. You were hundred percent correct in that. That the nine millimeter ammo that they've developed, um, it, it's gotten better and better and better and better. Yeah. Where it was like, I just want to hit a guy with a baseball bat type chunk of lead, and that's why everybody went to the forty five. Well, it's it's a one shot stop. I mean, it's a big chunk of lead. I'm like, yeah, I get you. But if you missed, if you miss, you're stressed it, out. Because you're stressed out. Now you're down around. Yeah. Second of all, it, it, the recoil on that 45 is different. The recoil mm-hmm. impulse is different. So I've always, well, I, I won't say I've always stuck with, I used to shoot a 40 when the when I first started carrying um, 24 years ago. I shot a 40 because it was the new craze. Hey, it's kind of the best of both worlds. I don't think the 40 kept up on its technology. I, I think that it kind of went at the wayside. Everybody really ma- uh, followed up with 9mm work, um, sub guns. And that, that's my other thing. Like, I don't want to have 45,000 different calibers yeah. in my house. Because it's like, okay, well, which kind of... When I throw a bunch of guns or pistols down on tables for people to, to shoot when I do my class or whatever... I don't want to, hey, no, you got the wrong ammo. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's more of a headache in that aspect. Um, so so what I shoot you, a lot of 9 millimeter. Do you? What do you carry? So on like duty, your duty gun. My yeah. duty gun is a Legion 226 single action only. Um, so that I've always carried a 226 on duty. Um, Are you I, allowed to carry? Uh, has um, the 320 passed the... Range masters, oh, absolutely. So it's it's that's good to go if you issue, want. That's what we issue to all of our new recruits. Okay, hundred percent on board. Like we we used to do Glock. Sig is a better trigger, I believe. I think it's a better platform. It's better to have that option that I can change. My, in fact, I've done it twice this week. Hey, that grip's too big for that recruit. Switch it out. I need a small oh, or nice. that one's too small. Because he's got huge hands, we're going to move him to the large. Well, I know, uh, I mean, you're with Reno PD, but I know Nevada Highway Patrol, they all went to the 320. They yeah. all. 
It's, I mean, there are number of agencies that have moved over to the 320 because of, I believe, my opinion is the modularity is the main key to it. Um, and it, it functions. I think it's got a better trigger in it. So those two things to me make it the easiest change in the world to go to. I think the trigger's no, it, smoother. Um, it's, the reset's it's, like better. Like you're saying, I, I, I mean, I've let people shoot my pistols too. And at the end of the day, um, they're like, man, I wish... That was a little bit bigger. This is a little bit smaller mm -hmm. or whatever. Yep. And that's the reason that 320 works for so works many for people. so many people because that's where it's at. And the, the 365 as well. Like, I, you know how many people are like, oh, man. That's my everyday carry is a 365. Yeah. And if my off-duty, that's my gun. Um, so many people are like, man, I wish that was out when I bought this. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought this gun. I'm like, yeah. I know. And it's hard because it's. Technology advancements and things like that are always going to be get better and better and better and better and better, right? So you're never it's it goes back to electronics. Man, I wish I would have had, that phone would have been out. Whatever, like that's <laughs> gonna always happen to us. Which is why most people they buy several guns um, in their lifetime. It's it's not do they need it? Well, I don't need a car that'll do 200 miles an hour either, but I want something that has the performance. So getting smaller and lighter. I mean, you think about 30 years ago, 40 years ago for a gun, they were, most of them were all made of metal. The grip was a rubber or a piece of plastic that screwed into it, but the entire frame of the gun, slide, everything was metal. Do you, you made it harder to carry because it pull your pants down because <laughs> of the weight, right? Or just in, in a woman's purse, it's like, they've already got enough stuff in there, you're putting several more pounds in a gun that people stop carrying it because it's uncomfortable, it's big, it's bulky. Well, you gotta find something that is super comfortable to you to carry. And I think they did it with the 365. I think everybody's playing catch up to SIG. They're like, oh man, we gotta do something because yeah. they're kicking our butt in sales. The good thing is, by the time they catch up, SIG's gonna be. There. SIG will have something else out. I mean, I would say, and I've said it for years, SIG's probably the leader in that. If you look at their website and options to choose from, it's kind of overwhelming yeah. to a point for people that they're like, I don't know. I know. I'm like, I played with that gun, I've shot that gun. Um, I have a buddy that has that. I, I, we go through yeah. all those stuff, which is nice in my field because I have that option to go, hey, you got that. Let me shoot that for a little while. Yeah. Let me go to the range master. Hey, you got one of these I can play with for a little while? I just want to see. Where for the, the private citizen guy, it's a little harder. Yeah. I suggest going to gun ranges, the indoor ranges that, that, that we have or cities have. Rent four, five, six guns. Because it's different than going into the gun shop and going, Oh, yeah, I like the way this good, feels. Yeah. I like this feels. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and then you buy it and you get out there and you're like, man, I don't like the way this shoots. Or yeah. I thought it would, f I thought it felt better. Yeah. Well, shoot them all against each other. And then you can go, ah, this is the one I like. Most people that I hand that 365 or 322, they're like, ooh, ooh. you can see it in the face. <laughs> like, man, just this grip feels awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I, I just know why. that. Um, I mean, obviously, they're not the end all, but they're obviously badasses, right? Our military. Yeah. When the military tests weapons, they test them 
probably more even more than, than, than you, even, yeah. even you guys at Range Master. They they test. Oh. And I'd love to have that job, by the way, to sit <laughs> and just test guns all day. But obviously, they're testing guns to the highest of standards in, in oh, more situations than we would ever fathom or think of to even test them in. And when they choose the M7, you know, 320, yep. M17, or 18. Yep. And the main difference in that, I believe, I, I've never torn one apart because I've actually never played with the M17 or M18. I think the main difference is there's a safety on them. Um, I think you can get that safety removed, but it's it's basically a three twenty. No, it, yeah, it's, it's the a clone. P three twenty. Um, M- and M- I wouldn't M- call it a clone. It's a it's a different model because of that safety that they put on it. But everything that I like the grip and all that stuff they, that's modular for them yeah. as well. You got different sized people in the military, and I think that's part of the reason that they really won that contract. Um, and reliability. You go back to, they're over in Afghanistan or Iraq and that stuff in the desert and the dust. Um, very similar to our climate that we have here in, in northern Nevada, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in fact, a lot of military guys before deployments have had to come to northern Nevada area to train. But mm-hmm. they're, they're putting out a gun that's going to function in that dirt, that, that high heat, the... Um, the cold temperatures and the high mountains of Afghanistan, like all their functions work at different yeah, different yeah. climates. Um, I have this argument with people at work all the time. They love like the competition lines of guns because they're, oh, they've got to be more accurate. I'm like, well, they're not more accurate to a point. Some of their tolerances are a little stiffer. That doesn't make for a better gun, period. Um, target shooter, maybe. For what I do, I don't want a gun that has such tight, tight, crazy tolerances that if I get a speck of dirt in there, it won't function. Yeah, for sure. Because I need it to function when I need it to function. I'm not on a competition line where I can be like, oh, let me take my gun apart every <laughs> stop every 15 <laughs> rounds that I shoot or every station. After every station, I tear my gun apart and clean it. No, I, I, it, I don't clean my gun after every shift. Um, so the military along the same lines, they need a gun that's going to be durable and functionable. And, yeah, they and can't precision. fail. They, they you can't, can't fail, fail at that, right? Yeah. I mean, that's life or death if they fail. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think SIG, I, I honestly think SIG is the best on the three twenty. T- tell me about this on the 320. Um, that, is it that they have it? Is it, excuse me, does it have a dual safety? Because it has the striker safety and the disconnect safety. It, it's all internal. So it's all because it's a three stage deal, and that's where you don't have to pull the trigger to disassemble it anymore, right? Yes, you don't pull. So, so that's that's, a, that's another huge thing. Right? One of the biggest reasons I don't like Glocks for cleaning because you pull the trigger. You to, pull the trigger. You disengage the trigger group to take it apart. Yes, I'll guarantee you. I don't know the stats. Yeah, but don't it's know happened. The stats, <laughs> but it's it's happened. Um, I've heard of it happening. They're in their cleaning room or they're cleaning somewhere and they have a negligent discharge because they're taking their gun apart. And they didn't do the they didn't go through the basic fund, the basics, uh, yes. weapons handling. Um, they were in a hurry, whatever, weren't paying attention. Somebody interrupted them, whatever yeah. it was. 
but they pulled the trigger and the gun goes boom. Well, the gun did what it was supposed to do. It's supposed to fire a round if there's a round in the chamber and the trigger is disengaged, which allows the sear to, to strike uh, the firing pin, the firing pin hitting everything, right? The gun didn't malfunction. Yeah, you malfunctioned. The person malfunctioned <laughs> yeah. in, in, in their discipline. Um, I don't like that in any of the guns, that I've got to disengage a trigger group to take it apart. Very bad idea. Um, so with All the of my SIGs, they have what we call a takedown lever. Yeah, three-point takedown. Takes, yep. You take that slide off by pulling everything to the rear, locking it, pushing down that takedown lever, and then releasing the, the slide lock, and the whole slide will come off where you can get your guide rod spring, spring and, and, your, and your barrel out of the gun. And then you can inspect the, the uh, firing pin safety and all that stuff. So I don't. I would not buy a gun that I have to pull, pull the, the trigger. trigger to take apart. I just no, don't. I don't I, understand <laughs> the logic in, in the engineering side of it. Like, hey, you have to rev the car to and pull make the it stop and put it into gear to make to change the oil. <laughs> uh, yeah. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's happened for people. I'm sure if you could pull the stats. There's there's been a bunch of people yeah, that have, have shot have themselves couple, in the legs. I have a couple legs. of them, and I don't. They typically stay in the safe now. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, and it's 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 a knowledge based thing to a point. Like I didn't know so many people. Mm -hmm. I didn't know any better. I didn't know that gun was even out there. Okay, well, and I do a little bit more research. I, I bring guns to you and Chad and all those guys. And I'm like, you got to play with this. You got to check this out. I think it's the coolest thing. And as soon as I, I tell you why, and as soon as you guys get done playing with them, you're like, I man, I got to have one of yeah. those. That thing's pretty cool, um, which is where you got the 365, because that's not what you were carrying before. Um, and I'm like, you, you got to get one. of it, Your your round count's going to go up in your magazine. Your weight's almost identical. Are you calling me fat? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no. <laughs> weight of the gun oh, is oh, almost okay. the same as the weight of the gun that you were carrying, if not, even though you went up in rounds, right? <laughs> I went up in weight a little bit, too, I think, this last year. <laughs> that just gives you more area to put your uh, inside the waistband. Oh, oh. But uh, it gives you a right? bad area to pull it out of your waistband. More too. cushioning. It doesn't bounce on the, the, the bones. But I digress. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I, uh, there's all that, and that's... That's what's so hard for, I wouldn't call myself an ex expert by any means, but I'm around it a little bit more um, to a novice guy that comes in and is like, I don't yeah, know for sure. anything about a gun. I don't know anything about any models. I just want one to protect myself. I'm like, okay, this is where I start. I'm like, okay, let's go find something that feels good in your hand. I got 12 pistols on here. These are like the best. And I'll, I'll even borrow guns. Like, I have buddies that are Glock fans still, and that's just because that's what they've shot their entire life. Yeah. So I have a, one of my friends at work. He does CCW classes and that, um, and I've helped him out. We'll go get guns just so those guys, everybody can go, ooh, I like this. I don't like that. I like the way this feels. I don't like the way that feels. I like the way this one shoots better. Yeah. So they get a better knowledge base on it's, of selecting a gun for them. Before they go out and spend five, six, seven, that, eight hundred bucks. I mean, that's, bucks. A, that's what I would suggest for anybody that is looking into getting a gun. 
just don't go buy one, especially just because we said it either. I no, mean, absolutely Obviously, not. we're fans of them, and we've been shooting them a long time, you 20-something years. Um, and we're going to give our opinion and push people that way, obviously. But we're not, you know, go out and shoot it. Go out, find somebody, come to us. Let's go shooting. What works for me might not work yeah. for you. Yeah, 100%. Um, so go, go to... Like you're saying, the gun range, buddy, whoever, and shoot a whole bunch before just going to buy a pistol. Yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely pushed you towards the SIG, not because, honestly, not because they pay me to do any of this stuff. I, I don't get paid by SIG. I don't have yeah. every SIG that I own, which is you quite bought. a few. <laughs> um, I bought on my own dime. Like it, I push everybody just because I think of the functionality of it, um, the comfort, the dependability. Uh, I, I think that's where it's the best. And yes, I've carried them forever. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I did enough <laughs> research before thinking, okay, what am I going to do with this gun? What's my purposes of buying this gun? I have guns that aren't SIG that are just plinking guns. I'm like, because it's cool. And it's, it's more accurate in long range or it does this. It's a shotgun. All right, well, they don't, that's, not, that's not their lane. SIG's pretty smart in the aspects that they stay in their lane very well. Like, they know what their bread and butter is. Do they have stuff that's that they expand on? I mean, obviously, they're in business to make money, and they're in business to, to produce stuff. They they make stuff for the military that the civilians don't really we'll get to play with. Or, or, you know, I mean, I'd love to see it and play with it. You can go look at them at SHOT Show, but you're not going to get it out on yeah. our gun shop's shelf to go, well, I want to see what one of those does. Um, they know what the public here is looking for um, and or needing. Um, so I... Like you said, they hit a home... With that three... That three the 320, 320 with the modularity... They've they, hit every... On. They've hit a grand slam, in my opinion. Just because... Accurate. Modularity is... The, that's the... Uh, it, to my mind, uh, SIGs are accurate, bar none. But with that modularity... It's mm -hmm. crazy that you can have that same gun in so many different versions to fit so many mm -hmm. different people and still have that reliability yep. and without having to change. Yep. You know, I love the, that for the, especially females like your girlfriend, my wife, all that. Yep. It's as soon as they pick my wife picked up the 365 and that's not what she had in her purse or nightstand or whatever. She's like, oh, my gosh. Why don't I have one of these? I'm like, okay, I guess I'll buy another one. So you, <laughs> and I put that other sig in the safe, um, just because it fit her hand so well. Yeah, she shoots it so well, right? I, like she doesn't shoot a lot, and it was noticeably different for her in how well she functioned the gun, manipulated all the 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 slide release, the mag release, all of that. It just fits so much better for her. So she's like, I have to have one of these if that's you're at work. I need I need some sort of protection yep. for. So I I put it back to that. Hey, this gun's the coolest gun, not so much the best gun for you for the the job. Yeah. Um, get a gun that's going to perform for you for what you're looking for it to do. Um, and so yeah, I had to I had to buy another Sig so that my wife had one because I work nights and she needs something at home, so she wanted to feel comfortable. Coming back to the peace of mind, I, the peace of mind of. She feels comfortable at home without me there because she knows. And she doesn't shoot as much as I do. But when I've taken her out every now and then, it's she's right back to it. And it's yeah. it's so fast for her to get it and pick it up. 
I feel comfortable leaving her at home because I know that she's going to handle business. Well, if she has I was to. just going to say that when it comes to that, I kind of mentioned it before and I talk to people all the time. If you're going to have the responsibility of carrying a gun, please be responsible in not only practicing um, all the safety measures, but you, uh, we didn't even really get into it, but the laws, mm -hmm. because, you know, if there's a, a, let's say a fight or something going on across the parking lot, you don't need to run over there and get involved. I mean, yes, you might be a hero and save something, but then what happens in the law? Because there might be a, a, a law in your state that says you can't get involved. You know, there, there's just so many things. That, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but just make sure you check out all the laws and know what you're getting into with carrying a pistol. If you're going to take that responsibility on, you have 100%. to educate yourself. in 100%. And not just the guns, not just the shooting and accurate if, if something ever arise, arose. But educate yourself on everything involved in that with carrying, open carrying, concealed carry in your car, dashboard, going into a bar. Are you drinking? You know, can I still carry um, if I'm drinking in a bar? Can I go into a, you know, this, a federal building? All the different laws that go into that, make sure you know, crossing state lines. Um, where is your CCW? You know, what states do you have reciprocity with? Mm -hmm. um, there's just so many things. I'm just saying you have to be responsible and educated if you're going to take that responsibility on with and coming from law enforcement we see often. it all the time yeah. and, and it's good samaritans trying to be good people yeah sometimes they get put in positions that they shouldn't have put themselves into yeah. um i'm a hundred percent on board if you're if you're stepping in to save somebody's life absolutely yeah um two drunk guys want to sit and fight and punch each other Probably not the the place to get in and deploy a firearm or pull a firearm, yeah. but we see it all the time. We that's where I go back to the education side of things for CCW holders. Well, I got a gun. That's not the end all. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, exactly. it actually makes it worse um, for you and whoever else is around. There, are, there's a time and place to pull your firearm, 100%. and we got so many people out there. They just don't educate themselves enough, and they think they know, but they don't know. They don't go through training. And that's the other thing. Vet your trainer. Yeah, for sure. We get tons of people that have CCWs. When I say my buddy's a CC, he's also a police officer. So we've gone through tons of training. We've actually had more discussions in our breaks about how to teach this, how to do that with our range master, all these guys that we're trying to get knowledge from. They don't have that knowledge base to fall back to. They don't have those people to go back and ask questions. All it takes is, oh, I, I went and got my license from the state. Yes. Okay. That's like bare minimum. But they're out there teaching CCW holders. We get them in the academy. I'm like, well, I was trained to do it this way. I'm like, oh, gosh, that's that's really bad. And it's <laughs> bad for this reason. And I'll name off and they're like, Man, I never even thought of that. I go, neither did a trainer that was training Yeah, you. so that's a good point. I never really thought about vet your trainer. Make, yep. Look at his background. Where did he come from? Look at what they're doing and that stuff. Hey, I'm a school teacher, which nothing wrong with being in school, but that's your only background? I'd want somebody that has a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. I've gone through all these NRA schools. I went through um, whatever shooting schools that are out there because a good trainer is going to keep going to schools or uh, – camps where they're getting 
more knowledge. More education, and yeah. They're, they're, they're going to search it out to, to pick. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. This new technique's out. I want to go see it. I want to see why this guy thinks it's the best. And they're making those good logical decisions. A good trainer will pull a piece or two from every little, and they'll come back and, and morph their training to that. Um, there, nobody's the end all say all about everything. There's always, we do it with our department. We get trainers in and we're like, oh man, let's go get that guy because he's awesome. Let's see what he can bring to the table to maybe take us to the next level of training. Yep. So there's always that. These military guys, you, you guys have talked about Shaw, Shaw yeah, shooting. Yeah. I mean, those guys, like having. John and Houston, they're awesome. Coming in and just getting a little bit more knowledge from these guys is great. Something I can put in my tool belt to instruct. Like some of the stuff that they may be teaching may not apply to what I'm doing, but it's still something that I can learn from. Oh, yeah. And, so, and that's a, not just the trainers learning, but you. After you get a CCNW or in like Nevada, it's an open carry state, so you don't even need to go get a CCW, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do either or, because I'm a firm believer in the Second Amendment, I think the more guns out there in the hands of good people is way better if they are educated, if they practice, and if they keep practicing and search it out, not just carry it just to carry it to look cool or whatever it is. If you're going to do it, have the responsibility and dedication to make yourself better to when that time arises, if it ever does, if you need to use it, you're going to be able to perform in any situation. And that's comes back to not only does the education start and the responsibility on you, all of it comes back to having the peace of mind to win it you have to give yourself a peace of mind, yourself peace of mind on not only your firearm working, picking the best that works for you, but in the education and responsibility of it. So absolutely. Um, and train, honestly, get your young people involved into it as well. hundred yeah, percent. That's where the training should start. Um, I've trained my youngest, my daughter, like from the very beginning of stuff like this is, and she knows, like, hey, it's not, it's not, it's a, not a toy. It's not. I don't show my friends. It's, but I also don't keep it a secret from her. She's like, hey, I was just going. It's shoot. not. A, it's not a uh, taboo, like, forbidden fruit type yeah, setup. They, oh, what, Daddy? Never, yeah. I see Daddy carrying this. What he never shows me. It's like I don't do that. I, yeah. And I've had a lot of a lot of chase. back with people that are like, "Ooh, that's bad." You're teaching. I'm like, no. She loves to shoot like target. She she shoots competition twenty two stuff. She loves to get out. Like I can't afford ammunition because <laughs> she will shoot so much. Um, and and I go over it with her. I go. It doesn't matter how many rounds you fired. I want good quality practice and good quality fundamentals. Even if you only fire eight rounds for the day, and that fixed the problem. Oh my gosh, that's better than I fired eight thousand rounds of sloppy training, sloppy fundamentals, so, and I ingrained. Bad habits? That's not what I yeah. want. I would want nice, good habit forming. This is tactics. where where I, I take the lesson of I've heard this from several people in the sports world, but um, also in the firearm world, where the old saying used to be, "What practice makes perfect." Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. Because you could practice like you're saying the worst technique, the worst trigger pull, the worst this, the worst that, and that's what's going to happen in the time of when you need to use it, when it counts, perfect 
practice makes, makes perfect. perfect. Absolutely. You have to be trained correctly. If you, I mean, like you're saying, if you track practice all these bad techniques or whatever, it's not going to no. hold yeah, true when it comes there. So practice perfect makes perfect. But, you know, I think that's a lot of good information out there, but, um, that's a good talk, Jared. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I appreciate what you do, obviously, for our community and everything what you guys stand for and help everybody out with. It's, I, I, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I could do it, I think, but it's a different mindset to be a, a peace officer for sure. It is absolutely, and in, in today's, oh, especially today's world, it, it's it's made some changes across the country for a lot of us. Um, I still go out and handle my job the way that I always handled mm-hmm. my job. Um, it, it is changing people. Some people aren't handling it the same way, and I think it's a detriment to our public. De- detriment to society. Um, are there bad people out there? Absolutely. Are there bad uh, situations? Absolutely. Um, did people handle them correctly? Some did, some don't. Uh, but you, you can't put everybody in the same Block in that, um, so it, it's it's changed. Yeah, but it has definitely changed from the time that I started to the time that we are now. And what's funny about that is because it's changed, my mindset has been never wanting more to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's some people that you know, fray away, but like, man, I, I would never do that because you guys are getting just torched every which way but loose. But my mindset is like, I want to do it more than ever now. I would rather be a peace officer today more than ever because that's what's going to keep this, you know. Mm-hmm. And we get that. We get yeah. a ton of people that are like, I, I want to do this because I, can, I, I think I can make more of an impact now and a change yep. for the better. Yeah, for sure. Um, the politics get involved in some of that stuff, and and it, it gets taken away in certain aspects. So, it, it, yeah, I don't want to get this You and I are in. never going to solve that <laughs> yeah. big problem. Um, we're we're probably not going to solve a lot of problems, you and I together, <laughs> in that aspect. But I, I'd love to give, I'd love to talk about this. I'd love to educate in um, firearm safety and that. I, I love teaching youth in that because that's, those are our next people. Those, yep, are, the, those sure. are the people that are going to lead this country down the road. Yep. Um, so if I can just give them a little bit of education, make them better people, whether they become cops, whether they don't like to shoot. But they understand the knowledge of not afraid of it. That's not a bad thing. That that gun is not bad. Some of the people behind guns can be bad. That's the biggest thing that I I, I want my youth that I train to take away from it. I'm comfortable around it. It's not a taboo thing. It's not a forbidden fruit. Like they're comfortable. Um, That's that's where I go, and I I'd like to see more of our youth get into the sporting shooting world. Um, Cause I think it is a good, but it discipline. used to be in the schools. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but we don't need to get into the politics. I, I, but I always go back when we're talking about kids training, I always remember my first lesson that my dad, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were out sage and honey. I was seven years old and I it was the first time I remember first trying to touch a gun, shoot a gun. Mm-hmm. That was my first lesson was seven. And my dad had a shotgun, rifle, a couple pistols, everything laid out on the tailgate out hunting. And some actions were open. Some had a magazine. 
with some bullets in it, some um, your actions were closed, mm -hmm. rifle, you know, the, everything was open. right where he's heading with this and question. And he goes, what gun's loaded? And as a seven-year-old, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm looking for the bullet that, you know, I can mm -hmm. see in the, oh, that one's loaded because I can see it in the chamber or that one's, you know, that one's not loaded because it's open and all these things. The first lesson, every gun's loaded. Yep, treat every gun as a Everything. I right. I so vividly remember that sitting at the tailgate. We were just below Pinot Springs in northern Nevada, sage and hunting, had all these guns on the tailgate, and that was the lesson. And it, it still to this day is so vivid. And mm -hmm. it's uh, the first lesson that I taught and Chase it's to. It's hard for a seven year old to understand it, too, even yep. when you say, no, every gun's loaded. Well, Dad, no, that one's not loaded. Yep. And going into that explanation of, okay, yeah, there might not be around in that chamber. It might be open, but we still are going to treat it as if it's loaded. We're not going to point at anything. We don't want to kill or destroy. We're not going to uh, manipulate it in front of somebody where we're pointing it at their feet yeah. or wherever. Because they don't know. They don't I mean, know. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm not going to hand it to them closed and then go, oh, that's yeah, unloaded because I watched them cycle yep. the slide a couple times. That's the times. first thing I did so funny. I could literally, you could hand me a gun right now and show me cycle through, clear everything out of the magazine, show me it, mm -hmm. hand it to me. The first thing I'm going to do, check it myself. Yep, absolutely. In a safe, in a safe manner. In a safe manner, 100%. Let, let, when we're getting into you know some stuff about I would do want to talk about it. I think that would be a good podcast of like going down what you guys actually teach. What, what are the, mm -hmm. you know, things that you actually teach in gun safety on the range? Yeah. I think that would be a good podcast of we can do what, it again. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I just want to say thank you one, uh, once again, buddy, I thank love you. Uh, love you. And thanks for having me here. It was great. And, um, you stay safe out there. Absolutely. All you guys on the blue line, love you. Thank you for uh, doing what you do, the guys and the ladies and um, men and women of the military. Love you guys and keep protecting us, keep keeping us safe. And we'll see you next week right here on the Foul Life Podcast. Peace of mind.